now if I should hate you One day loved, next forsake you Claim a vision of the world you cut Is this the way we end it? Touch, time on the mic, it's precious love Like all words is, I approach like fetish Perfectly hit, but the night comes violent Like quiet hums, smother voice Voiceless cut words from tongue Self-talk, talk and fear Regret, resent, was all you hear Turn to self, comfort near Pleasure built walls up, I'm ass out here For honor is all that I possess Pound of worth, priceless flesh Without my honor you filter hurt Yo that is what you're empty worth Here I am, in the clouds of us Memory dust, shaken off Like you shook off, given trust Quick cut, break love Welcome to the Truth of Power Podcast I am Curious G We've made it all the way to episode 5 Today's topic, transactional relationships. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Anthony Carlton, along with the other co-host. Curious G. We here, man. We (laughs) here, man. Transactional (laughs) relationships, man. What you got? Oh, man. Just like I told you when you said this to me the first, it was, I don't know, last, like for the weekend, you told me what this was going to be. And I said, all relationships are transactional. I don't care how you want to look at it, what you want to think about it. They all transactional. And you said, hmm, interesting. So now I've been curious for the last <laughs> couple of days to know what you were thinking about it. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um so if I'm going to be completely honest, uh, the song that's on this episode is Loveless Hearts, right? Yeah. Loveless. Um, and and I have been a dude my entire life that you couldn't fucking shut me up. I am a goddamn writer, right? Like I've written in every situation that my life has taken a turn in, in some places dark, some places full of light. Um, but I've always been that person that could write almost on command, and, and part of it is because I've kind of taught myself to do that. You know, I, I've just gotten in touch with, with getting that stuff out. And writing actually probably has saved my life. If it wasn't for my writing, I wouldn't be here today. Um, and, it, you know, that, that's another story. But um, after 18 years of marriage, after my wife told me that she was leaving for another man, and now keep in mind, we were apart for almost two years, not by choice, but because of coronavirus. She was in Canada taking care of her dad. Here I am in the States um, taking care of my mom and, you know, not seeing each other for a couple of years. And uh, the first time in my life I wasn't able to write was after she told me. And it was for about three weeks. And um, this first song that I wrote when I was able to write again was this song, Loveless. Um, and what's interesting is this is where I'm coming back with the tr- transactional relationships because I didn't really want to talk about my re- relationship or, you know, the, I mean, um, to this day, I could say that that I love her unconditionally, you know, and and that's that's unbelievable to me. You know, um, through the divorce, I, I still haven't um, attacked her verbally or any of that stuff. And if, if you read through the lyrics of, of the song Loveless, um, the way that the second verse starts out, who am I now if I should hate you? One day loved and next forsake you? I, I couldn't picture that. Like, I couldn't picture, like, b- because she's telling me the marriage is over, I couldn't picture 
hating her or being angry or, or feeling differently about her than I already had felt. And that was where I realized that I was not, for my part, in a transactional relationship. Um, I think that there's two types of relationships you can be a part of. One is transactional and the other is transformable. Okay. Right. And, and for, for whatever reason, the person that I was able to be within that relationship um, transformed me from where it began and, and who I was when it began. And I felt like I, in many ways, kept growing. Um, and and it, it was still amazing to me that after she told me that she was leaving me for another man, that I was able to look at her and still feel that love. That was amazing to me. Because usually what happens when somebody hurts us, we want to hurt back. Yeah. You know, and I don't know... I honestly don't know why I was not in that place. Um, maybe it was with everything that happened with my mom. Maybe it's just where I was. But but spiritually, um, I, I didn't go on the attack. And um, so in, in this episode, I kind of wanted to talk about the difference between, um, you know, uh, transactional relationships and transformable relationships. I don't know if people have too many transformable relationships these days. I see. I guess when I when you told me in the beginning, I looked at it as it defines your well it depends on your definition of transactional. See, to me, you were credited with growth, so it's a transformable from a transaction. So I look at it as you know give or take, you know, emotions, give or take, you know, self-improvement, give or take destruction. Every type of those is a transaction to me. Mm. So I look like there's no, that's why I said every relationship is transactional because as much as you maybe are still idle about, you know, your feelings towards somebody, the fact is it's like, that's still then a zero, you know? And <clears throat> but the fact that you were, you, you felt like you became stronger at that. You were able to, you know, do the things that you wanted to do, be the person that you wanted to be and continue to grow, you know, that's just, and I'm, and I'm talking debits and credits here. I'm talking like finance and credit cards and debits and blah, 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 however you want to look at it. But I still look at that from the emotional aspect as you, you know, you have to, you know, credit her. That was a horrible pun, but in a sense to, to releasing you from your contract. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a lot of ways. Uh, you know, and I don't want this I don't want this uh podcast episode to be about um the relationship that I was in. You know, take or, any relationship. Any take relationship, take any yeah, relationship. Yeah. You just happen to be the ones that's in front of us right now. But I mean, <laughs> I've had we can take my last, you know, relationship. She was the exact opposite where well, no, not the exact opposite, but a very a very, a very toxic individual who basically made me feel like I wasn't worth anything, mm. you know? So my value was zero, but breaking away from her was, and realizing that, you know, how we always talk about, I'm the only person that can control my emotions. I'm the only person that can, the income, the outcome, everything is me. So the fact that she was able to do these things to me, I look back now and I'm so grateful of that transaction of negative emotions. Cause without that negative emotion, pull some, you know, Isaac Newton shit. It was an equal and opposite reaction. So I was able to just go in the opposite way and where I'm extremely happy now. You know, sometimes I can't tell with my tone, but guess what? I'm peaceful, <laughs> peaceful. Yeah, no, I'm just messing. But 
but yeah, it's just an, it's just an interesting way because I, I think this is how I look at life in general is perspective. Like everything is perspective to me and <clears throat> relationship, friendships, you know, um, <clears throat> inner relationship, personal relationship with your coworkers, everything. There's everything is transactional because, you know, a lot of times they say, you know, 50, 50. Well, I think that's impossible. You know, it's never can be 50, 50 because there's always going to be someone giving a little more or taking a little more even with, you know, child to mother, your child to their, to their mother and mother to their child. Uh, no, no matter what it is, it's always, you know, it's just always transactional. So that's how, I guess how I'm kind of looking at it. And the transformative aspect to me, aspect to me is very similar and intertwined because the transform only comes off, like I say, that reaction. Cause if you stay idle, like I said, you're just zero. So I don't know if that's, what we're talking about, but that's what I'm talking about. Well, if you, if you think about transactional relationships, um, would you say that you have to get something out of every relationship that you have, or do you sometimes uh, give with no expectation of, of return? Yeah, absolutely. You give, you give, you know, but you giving something to gain serenity, you know, gain peacefulness, peace of mind. So, even though you don't have to go out and preach those things to anyone and tell them that you did it, you know, it's your inner transaction that was then, you know, fulfilled and met, Mm. you know? So I just kind of look at it as, you know, you don't have to, I mean, you and I are good examples and it's going to sound like we're bragging about this, but we do a lot of things for a lot of people and never tell anyone about it. Well, I don't. Well, no, you, I mean, I don't at all. Don't start that fucking rumor. Okay. Yeah. And, and I was just joking too. So don't, don't tell anybody that I'm actually nice. Cause I'm not. Yeah, dude, I Can't don't want to be a nice guy. Nah, I'm not. I, I, yeah. What's up? I, I, I really don't want to be a nice guy. You know, nice. It's, it's perspective. Well, it's it, it is, it is yeah. per- perspective. I, I would rather be the friend that tells you what I really think that, that, okay. I, I had a boss. I'm not going to mention his name, but I had a boss that the guy was, he had, he had a drug problem. Okay. Right. Um, I didn't tell him things that he wanted to hear, you know, and I, I felt when he overdosed and died, um, I, I felt like I said everything that I needed to say as a friend, if it was received or not, but it wasn't received very well at the time, you know what I mean? Um, and my conscience was clear in a lot of ways. You know, and I, and here's the thing. I have to live with me at the end. When this light in my fucking room goes out and I put my head down on that bed, right? I don't know if you're going to be okay with who I am at the end of the day, but I need to be. Absolutely. I need to be. I agree. I agree. You know, um, now I, I have changed some of my approaches in life and, and, and evolved to a different place sometimes and, and realized, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm going to stop doing that shit right there. Right. <laughs> but at, at, at the end of the day, almost, I, I can't really remember the last time that I was ashamed of myself and, and not to say, I mean, I'm pretty fucking simple, right? Wake up in the morning, eat some breakfast, go to work, go to the gym, take a good shit, you know, and do a podcast. I'm not a complicated cat. You know what I mean? But um, I have to um, have my honor intact at the end of the day. I have to. Yeah. I, you know, we've, you've grown with, you know, we've, you've watched me grow from the last, you know, well, since I've met you. Since we've known each other. Yeah. It's been, and I'm, the one thing I always say to you is, you know, I have to do these things a particular way because I want to, I want to sleep well at night. Hell yeah. I want to be in, 
that was one of my issues for a long time. You know, I was so ashamed. Shame is the best word. I was just ashamed of myself and I would toss and turn and just think about, you know, oh, what do I need to do? How can I stay in a relationship like this? How can I be this person? But yet I was always just trying to make everyone else happy by doing, if I just do more, if I just do more, instead of looking at what do I need to do, you know, for myself, what are the Mm. transactions that I need to make for myself, you know, and that's also goes into what you're saying is transformative, you know, so it is, you know, it's just interesting sometimes when you get caught up in life because you don't realize what you're giving and what you're taking when you're in a moment. Mm. It's only time when you can look back and reflect, you know, much like what happened, you know, to you, you were able to go back and reflect myself, go back and reflect situations. And like we were saying, it's never, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't regret anything. You know, I'm one of those individuals as well, because if I did, then that's going to be, you know, depression. I've always heard, you know, the past is depression, the future is anxiety. And all I have is right now. And shout out Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now. If you haven't read it, check it out. I have just now. This is all I really have. And if I want to try to keep thinking about the past, it's okay to think about the past, but it's just about, you know, setting yourself up for that next moment that's going to happen. And you're not going to do it like that again, mm. you know? And so it's just gaining information. And that's so the whole thing is, Life is actually, we're all in the business of information is what we are. And it's gaining as much as we can to transform ourselves for the next moment that we have. And it's up to the person, obviously, at the end of the day, how they want to be. I'm not, I'm a teach their own kind of motherfucker. I don't care what you do, you know. (laughs) I'm a teach your own motherfucker. (laughs) Teach their own, homie. You do what you got to do. And I'm not going to judge you for it because if everyone judged me, fuck, I might be in the cellar, you know. Mm. But I'm just trying to be that phoenix, boy. <laughs> All right. So I I know we, we start terrible. I don't know oh, how, yeah, why it's, this. It's, no, that's our, it's, so, <laughs> uh, you know, it's our forte. We, so, we're, like, we're like Bowser, you know, when he starts in races in Mario Kart, bumping into everything. But at the end, we get in victory running smooth. No, I don't even know how long ago. You, you talked about what is the definition of transactional relationships. And I actually, I write down definitions because it helps me to frame yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and since you said that, I've been in the back of my mind thinking, don't forget to say this. Okay. Don't forget to. Good. Well, and, you remember. And I've been trying to listen to you and God damn it. I'm, I'm, I, I, you're putting in your two cents. I'm going to give you a penny for your thoughts. You know what I mean? And I know I'm fucking you a little bit, but that's all right. It's because hey. I'm thinking about this. This is why well, I couldn't you know, stop thinking about that's this. That's okay. It's all right. So, so here's what I, what I got from the, the definition. Yeah. Um, uh, transactional relating to the conducting of business especially buying or selling transactional relationship is one that is based on, uh, reciprocity and needs in a transaction transactional relationship. Both parties expect to receive something in return for their investment. These relationships are not based on the idea that you should give without expecting anything in return. Now, when I was, when I was reading this thing and the way it started off, talking about business, okay? Now, here's the thing about um, transactional relationships. I think we have a lot of people that are in transactional relationships, but they didn't start off that way, you know? And I will use uh, marriage as as a frame of reference here, not necessarily talking about my own, but this is kind of what the way I see things, right? Um, we get married, we're in a relationship. Uh, maybe, 
maybe our schedules are different because we just have to work different schedules. You know, I'm off these days, she's off those days, nights, weekends, you know. And at some point people become roommates. Yeah. You know, some people become True. roommates. Now let's say um, I get into a marriage and I have this fixed idea of the person that I'm with, right? This is the way that I see them. I think a lot of times we change and evolve as people and, and we hold on to these fixed ideas about the person that we're, we're with. And at some point they grow, I grow. And it's not like we, we hate each other, you know what I mean? But we get busy. And at some point you're, you're paying the bills and your roommates and you're still having sex and all this and that. But, but here's the thing I really think. Um, I think in this country, what we value above everything else is capitalism. We're going to, we're going to work and make our money and da, 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 da. But how much damage does the amount of time that, that we work, uh, damage our relationships, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of relationships become transactional be just because how fucking busy Ooh. we are. Ooh, that was a long F Ooh. there. Well, I want to, yeah. Yeah, I like I wanted that. to stress that I shit. like that. I felt it. You couldn't see my face, but you, you could feel oh, it. Oh, no, you could, you could see his face. I guarantee <laughs> you with that F, you could see his face. <laughs> so what's your take on what I just said? You know, well, well, it's just, it's a lot of it is you get married young. Let's just say like that. A lot of people, I mean, obviously there's people later on in life that get married, but a lot of marriages that happen in my perspective, even within my friends and whatnot, um, they, they get married young. So obviously as time progresses, you're going to change. Um, just as a human being, that's just natural. You know I mean? You don't have any other choice, ins or outs. It's just what it is. But the aspect of the transactional relationship within that, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, however you want to look at it, we live in a place that is expensive to live. And when you grow with someone, you kind of expect to grow in a lot of facets. And if that isn't established from the start, it's very easy to start diminishing the things that weren't on the, that were, you know, deeper, not the surface level. You know, I like her. I like the way she dresses. I like this, you know? Well, if that's the case, then, you know, there's going to be times where it's just going to be expensive to upkeep that lifestyle. Mm. The number one thing that I feel up, I mean, I don't, I have no statistics because we ain't about statistics in this podcast. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I know is that most marriages diminish or separate has to do with finances. It, and it is. And, and this is the point. Yeah. This is the point, dude. And, and what I'm, what I actually wonder is how can we change our value system in this country to where we actually start to build up relationships? And, you know, I living in Canada for the couple of years that I live there, they work 32 hours a week, mm -hmm. right? So eight hours less work might not seem like a lot, right? But, you know, when, when you're working 32 hours a week, you still have to grocery shop, you still have to do laundry, you still have to do all the same stuff that you would in 40 hours, right? Those extra eight hours a week 
you know, two hours a day of your work day, you know, those become times that you can invest in yourself and relationships, you know, and I, I think a big thing about, I think a big thing about staying free of a transactional relationships and being part of a transformable relationship is, is valuing ourselves as individuals and um, actually growing and investing in ourselves. Like I go to the gym, right? And I'm not going to pat myself on the back for that, but that's an investment for me. And it's not- Oh, it's pain. Enough, Daddy. Well, it's paying off. Well, you you say that, but see, here's the thing: I'm doing it so I can fucking keep working. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I know. Like that. I'm 50 fucking two. I work with guys that are in what? their 30s, no. right? And and I feel like I can work just as hard, but I have to go home every day and do a little bit of extra work to keep up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if I can't maintain this shit, I can't keep going to work and making the kind of money I make. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's an investment in myself and my health. And I'd rather be sore a little bit every day than really fucking sore because I had to lift something heavy. Right. So, but you know, that that's valuing something um, and building something within myself. Right. So when I go to work, I feel like I'm sharing something of value with that, that place. And I get something from them and it is transactional. Uh Right. Um, I get a paycheck. Right. And I show up and I be the dude that I am, whatever capacity that is. Um, but I, I like the company I work for now, dude, I don't feel like it's just a transactional relationship. I feel like there is, um, people that care about the people that work there. And, and that's something that I've noticed since I've got there. And it's one of the reasons why I want to stay there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying these motherfuckers are perfect because there ain't no perfect, right? Nah. Yep. But but I think that, that they see me more than a number and I see them more than just a paycheck. Let me put it that way. Um, and, and that's not transactional completely. That, that can be transformable because my job, right? I can actually put my life into a better place, you know, if I keep that success going, you know, so- um, but I have to look at it like for myself, I have to be a transformational person also, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to be always growing and changing and all that shit. So, but getting back to this, this thing, I, I, you know, you look in Canada, they work 32 hours a week and I bet you they have two months off a year that we don't, right? They're always on fucking vacation in Canada. I mean, these motherfuckers are always on vacation. And when What's I said about, Ooh, I don't know what, well, <laughs> I was in the French part, so there was no abuse. <laughs> but, you know, I, I watched how they live. They value things that, w- that we don't, and they seem to be happier, and they don't seem to have less. And I'm not saying that their country is better than our country, but that 32 hours a week, that makes a difference, man. Well, it's the, it's the, the notion of the only value, true value, is time. It's the one thing that you can't get back. You know, I've always, when you start putting that in perspective, it is just so much superficial bullshit just seems to slide away. Yeah. You know, it's, there's a beautiful thing about fuck you money. Maybe that's the (laughs) thing. It's like, I want to get some fuck you money one day so I can say, I don't have to do that. Hold up, player. What the fuck is fuck you money? I want to know what the fuck that is because I might need some of that. Okay, well, I don't got any. So if you want to throw something to this podcast, you know, holla at me, you know, (laughs) but- Fuck you money is just, you've done well enough in your life to be able to say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not going to do that. Oh, I got some of that money. (laughs) Some. You got a little. You got a little. You're American. We all got that. Nah, that's not true. That's a lie. But this is a a truthful podcast. So let me just be real about that. That was a mistake. But, But that's the one thing that I've really taken 
you know, not lightly recently is to go do the things that I want to do because I only have so much time. And I look at that even for the rest of my life is, you know, I'm 37 years old. And the one thing now I realize how much time I wasted trying to make everybody else happy. Mm. And when I finally realized like, man, I can't make anyone else happy if I'm not happy because then eventually I may be saying the words, but when it comes, you know, when the shit hits the fan, brother, as I heard in a song once, but when the shit hits the fan, brother, the true intentions of you come out, you know, the person you are, I always, one thing I always say is don't ever, you know, judging is not good, but don't ever judge somebody when they're doing well, judge someone when they're doing bad. Because that's when you see the true nature of a person, someone who's willing to take the time, even when shit's going bad for them. Like that person is actually doing better than they even know. And that's why I'm willing to take time with a person that's like that. That's a, you know, a transactional relationship to hopefully transform ourselves together and become brothers, like tighter brothers. You know, I'm always willing to, anyone who's willing to put in work to try to better themselves, I'm willing to match that. That's Mm. just kind of how I am. Thanks, mama. my, My beautiful sister says this to me. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Mm, preach. Yeah. So here, here's a question that I have. Do we place a higher value on the economy than our relationships in this country? I think there's exceptions, but it's kind of the rule. Yeah. You, need, you know, do you really need a new iPhone? Do you really need a new car? I'm a bad person. I have so much clothes. I know I don't need any more, but- it's, I always kind of say, if I didn't want things, I wouldn't work. But it's the mentality that I have of, you know, one, going to school and learning money. So my whole life has been framed about money. I mean, that's literally what I went to school for was how to generate money, how to make money, how to do this with money. And, you know, people, like we said, you remember when we were talking about, about jobs, when you say with people like, oh, you're, oh, that's what you do. Cool. Mm. And then you have someone else like, I'm a doctor. Oh, really? <laughs> you're a doctor? how much do you make with that? How much, how, like, what do you, and then it always comes up somehow. So how much do you make in that? So it's like the importance of it. And it's so superficial at the end of the day. I had a line once in one of my songs is like, at the end, you know, at the end, I'm, I'm just as rich as John Jacob Astor. <laughs> yeah, we both fucking dead. You worth mm. $0. homie. you might be giving it to somebody else, but you don't got nothing. Mm. You know, now someone else can enjoy your hard work. You know, so it's just, we, we put so much value on end time. You know, we say, oh, if I just keep hustling, if I just keep hustling, you know, we say how it's compared. I, I just said this today and that's what's so funny. We just said it is, you know, cons, you know, what is it? Comparison is the thief of joy. And it is like, if you're, if you're not going to be happy at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much shit you got. You know, J. Cole is a great example of the rapper. He said, I had all the chains. I had everything, but I wasn't happy. Mm. And it doesn't matter. He can go. And that's what I think about sometimes with these billionaires. It's like, how fucking miserable actually are you that you think that making more money and more money and more money is actually going to make you happy? You can't buy that happiness, dog. There's monks that ain't got shit and are peaceful. So we, we put a lot of emphasis. Yes. You know what? I, I really try not to compare myself. Um, that's good. Well, I've been that dude, and mm-hmm. this is why. Because I've had to learn every goddamn thing the hard way. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck it is. If there's a if you, left is right and right is wrong, I'm going to go right. You know what I mean? And I've had to figure out the school of hard knocks, right? So this is what I was. I was an egomaniac 
with an inferiority complex. Mm, okay? Deadly complex. Now, the way that this works is you become this unique asshole, right? <laughs> unique asshole. And this is the way I kind of picture an ass, right? This cheek over here is the haves. Mm. They have it all, dude. Mm. They have the right money, the right girl, the right things. I look over there and I know I'm not part of them. Mm. Right. I know I'm not part of the haves. They had all the breaks. I didn't have no fucking breaks. God damn it. And then the other ass cheek over there is the have nots, the mm. homeless person. Mm. Right. I'm better than that. I have a fucking home. <laughs> yeah. I have nice clothes. <laughs> I, you know, I'm this, I'm that. But what, what that happens is when you do this, you separate yourself from both groups and you become the asshole in the middle of those two cheeks. Right. Yeah. And, and the unique asshole. And this is how I became um, an egomaniac with an inferiority complex because the egomaniac felt better than this group. The inferiority complex felt less than. Today, I've, I've, I've accepted a little bit more of my humanism, right? Like, l l let's take anger. I personally don't believe that somebody is off their spiritual kilter because they are angry. Yeah. I think that anger is a natural, normal human emotion. And when I accept the fact that sometimes I'm going to be a fucking angry person— Right. Then I can kind of look at what's going on instead of ugh, trying to make myself look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all that kind yeah. of shit. You know, like instead of worried about the way you perceive me, I can get down to what the fuck is going on so that when I get to that place at the end of the day, I'm okay with me. Right. But uh, I, I think that being human uh, and accepting my flaws and all that kind of shit, it helps me to accept yours. Yeah. You know, if you're having a bad day or fucking whatever, Absol I don't know. Absolutely. No. And that's just the whole, the transactional aspect of it, you know, and that's what it's, you know, I, that's one thing that I find, you know, so just amazing about humans. And especially when you're talking about, you know, your anger, like I'm, it's, this is what is what the funny thing about this podcast is this is the same shit we talk about when the fucking microphones are off. <laughs> That's the one thing about it is like, we've, we've kind of had minim, like many conversations of what we talked about so many times in our life. It's like what we talk about. So this isn't bullshit. This is actually what we talk about. Mm. And that's one thing that I find is, is the real shit right here. You know, I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't say to you. We just had a mini conversation like this on the way here. And it was similar. And, you know, obviously there's more insight to this. Cause we always say, no, 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 don't talk, don't talk, don't talk. Save it for the podcast, save it for the podcast. And but when you talk about those things, when you talk about anger, especially, and even anything, a jealousy, you know, happiness, everything, if you can just look and take some real inventory of yourself and some real perspective of yourself, one, I catch, I have, I used to be so angry all the time too, because I thought, why didn't I get my break? What the fuck, man? I work so hard, blah, blah, blah. Well, then you look at it and you just think about it. It's like, well, who are you really angry at? What are you really angry at? And then you're just not as angry anymore. And you realize like, yeah, man, but guess what? I could control that. You know, there's not a lot you could control, but you know, like showing up, there's like those things that like old basketball coaches, you'd say, there's some things that you can, that you can't control. You know, like I can't control my massive five foot four height, <laughs> but the one thing that I can't control is jumping as hard and as high as I can to try to get to where I need to get to. I might not be able to get there, but I'm going to keep jumping. Kick somebody in the shin. Well, I mean, yeah. And then I'll step on that <laughs> motherfucker who we, no, I'm just joking with you, but but yeah, no, but that's what it is. It's, it's, we were talking about that self-improvement self, you know, everything we've been talking about. It's just incredible when you start looking, you know, inside rather than just out mm. and how you play a role into everything. And, you know, they, a lot of times the people that you are, 
you know, angry at. It's just a reflection of what you kind of are. And that's one thing I've always, the people that I hated the most are now some of my best friends because I realized, oh man, that's, we the same. We the same, man. And then like, and it's just, I don't know, that's just transformative. And I think that's also with growing up. But I, let's, I want to get back to the relationship aspect with it. No, you're on it. Because actually, when I, when I was doing my research, which I do a little bit of research, um, takes me like five minutes. But mm-hmm. uh, when I was doing my research, mm-hmm. one of the things I saw about transactional relationships is a byproduct of transactional relationships is resentment. Okay. Resentment. Yeah. Because when I'm in a transactional relationship, there's an expectation attached to your behaviors. Which you, you're paying right? for something, you expect something. So here's the thing. When I look into the world and I have this black and white view of they should be doing this or they shouldn't be doing that, right? It brings judgment. Yeah. Right. And when I see very crystal clear on how you should act, right? <laughs> yeah. Those, those expectations yeah, yeah. aren't met. All of a sudden, I'm pissed off. Yeah. Right. Now, what I what I would do is when it came to me, and you had those black and white views of what I should be doing or what I shouldn't be doing, I'd get pissed off. Why? What the fuck? If you just understood, I just want oh you to understand God. where I'm coming from. If you understood what I was dealing with, right? So today, what I try to do is I try to flip that shit around. Instead of being black and white with you, I try to be black and white with me. What should I have been mm. doing? What shouldn't I have been doing? And then when it comes to the world, right, I try not to have those expectations and I try to understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And by doing that, it makes you a little bit more human, Right. And it makes me a little bit softer and not so rigid as as those expectations lead me to be. And I think be, when I made that switch, when I started to see that, um, my relationship started to become transformable instead of transactional. Okay. Does that make sense? Preach, brother. Well, Preach. you know. Yeah, I did this in five minutes. Come on, yeah. dude. Oh, mm, <laughs> nah, I'm just messing. But yeah, it makes it makes sense. You know, and I just really, we always, we always seem to be jumping to conclusions. Like I think everyone, even when you don't try to. No, I don't. <laughs> even don't when, when I just jump to a conclusion. Then no, I, no, fuck. wait, no, you don't. You're different. You're yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. That's not you. It's, it's me. You know, it's not you. It's me. No, but if you, it's, it's hard, it's hard. But I had someone once kind of even mentioned that to you and it was my boss, actually. He goes, sometimes just ask yourself, like, why not? You know, not why, but why not? Hmm. Or, or, well, in our, in our case is when you say, should I do this? Ask yourself, like, why shouldn't I do this? And not saying like as a negative, because should sometimes, you know, shooting the bed and all those things like that has like connotation that's involved with it. But it's just looking at the flip side of just your different perspective, hmm. you know, and just kind of seeing things in a different light to where exactly what you were saying, it's very similar to, well, let's just think about how, like how maybe that person is feeling instead, like we kind of mentioned. And I don't think, you know, it's a, it's a plus positive and a negative to think about ourselves because at times it's, you know, it's a very thin line about where, where, how much you want to invest into something and then you still want to get something back. And that's why I think when we talked about everything is transactional, that's why I brought up emotions. Cause there's times where you put so much emotion into something and you don't get anything back. So then it brings up that anger, but you know, we're not, but you never stop to realize, you know, it's not working. So it's also not flipping your script and trying to change your game up as well. 
and you just keep pumping into pumping into pumping in and it's nothing's coming back out. It's like a broken well. And <clears throat> it's just very interesting because it's hard. It's hard to do that one because you, I feel like most people are generally doing, they think what is right. You know, that's also another subjective word because what is right is also perspective. Obviously everything mm -hmm. is, but you know, what is right for you isn't necessarily right for somebody else. Uh, you're getting to the heart of things now. I can feel it coming. And it's funny because I can feel it in my heart. So that makes sense. I'm well, so you don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> no, I know not. where I'm I, going with I it. never know and, where you're and, going, and man. You're, I'm lost. And you're saying all the key things, dude. I love it. I love it. I love it. Right? So one of the things you said is subjective. Subjective view. Now, this is actually where I wanted to go. Oh, it's Ooh. like we, no, and we didn't plan <laughs> that from like all my research. It's like somebody's <laughs> tickling my balls. It just feels right. You know what I'm saying? Well, is, is that a thumb? Oh, no, no. I'm just- I'm no. across the room, dog. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me quit being a fool. Um, subjective, objective. Subjective, objective, right? As a subject, I am a me, a myself, an I, right? Now, an I or self travels through the world in the subjective view, and I have goals. I have expectations, right? Um, now, if I'm, if I'm objective, if I'm being objective- right? What, what I've just switched from, and this is usually why people do meditation, is to get away from the subjective view and gain an unbiased objective view, right? And this is what I realized through meditation. Um, when I'm not meditating and all that kind of stuff, I'm caught up in my own goals. I am that subject. And I navigate a world of objects, right? I could be navigating uh, I've got to be at the doctor this time. I've got to be at the fucking job at this time. I've got to pick up, you know, these are the objects, the physical objects or the people. Okay. A lot of times people aren't subjects, right? They're objects that we have to navigate, right? Like the person that's at the grocery store that's walking too fucking slow that you just got to get around. You're just trying to get around this fucking object, right? Without thinking, oh shit, well, maybe they just came from the hospital. Maybe yeah. they have a bad leg. Who knows what the fuck that subjective person is dealing with. But when I view them as just objects, you know, things to navigate, all of a sudden I'm missing some empathy and all this and that. Yeah. So with, with meditation, like the idea is to separate from being a subject and, and having an objective view of the world so that I be, can begin to realize that you are not just an object. You're a subject. You have your own goals, your own ideas, right? And that goes back to, mm. let me understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Right? And the, the thing that makes this a little bit freeing, you know, is that perspective, um, all of a sudden, I cease to be that self-centered, most important person in the room, right? When I become objective and I step back emotionally from things and I realize this is just another subject that's navigating a world of objects and maybe I'm the world of objects. Mm, that's preach. Right? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And I think that we get, I think that. We, That's nice. I think that we, have, where we are in this country, I think that we're in this place where we've shifted our value. Um, you go back, let's say 150 years ago, every child that was being born would get their grasp of human language through the family. They, they would learn language as they learned to communicate. They would hear it from mother's voice, father's voice, sister's voice, Right. Our age group, where we grew up, we didn't hear most of language through the, the mother's voice that had, by the way, love. 
right? Today, we hear more language through television and radios and artificial, lacking human emotion, right? This is the acoustic disturbance that happened on human consciousness, right? So today, if to put this in another perspective, um, 150 years ago, if you were born in your family, right, to your mom, um, maybe you got to bond with mom. Maybe the family came and, and made sure that mom and baby could just bond, right? And make those connections. We pay people to go take care of our kids, right? I don't even think my daughter was a few weeks old when we were paying somebody to take care of our child. Mm. And maybe the needs are met. Maybe that child gets everything they need. They get lunch on time, right? Nobody's letting them sit with shit in their pants, right? But is there love when we pay somebody to take care of our kids? These are the transactional relationships that we've created with our families. We pay people to take care of our children. Now, I can't picture 150 years ago kids walking into schools with guns if they had them and, and shot motherfuckers, right? But that's going on today. And my question is, is, is what's missing? What's missing inside here? right? When, when the, the language comes through the television, it doesn't have everything that the human voice does, right? It's a, it's a reproduction yeah. that falls short of human, yeah. right? It's missing something. We're missing something yeah, absolutely. In, in, a, in a lot of ways. And I think that what we've started to value um, has lessened the human experience. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, great talk. All right, we figured it all out, guys. Yeah. Good news. What else? We don't. <laughs> Next. Next. Well, anyways, so <laughs> I do want to point out one thing, mm. and it's it's very interesting that you know you talked about the transactional aspect between child and mother, and that was the one that I kind of brought up, and and it's unfortunate. Because of how, and that's, it just, it's just amazing when you look back and how everything just goes hand in hand, you know, just look at the value of a home. Mm. You could have, I always like, one of my favorite is like Homer Simpson must've been balling because he was able to have a stay at home wife. Both his kids had everything. Oh yeah. And, and then, you know, it's two car garage. Is that a reality today? Well, no, I mean, it's a cartoon, but it's not even a reality. Simpsons is a cartoon. I think it is a documentary of my life. No, I was going to say, I think I worked with that guy. Yeah, well, the, but it, it is. And it, it, I mean, same thing with like school, you know, how expensive college is in comparison to where it was. I remember people just being like, oh yeah, like it seemed like there was a people, a lot more people I knew are older that went to Harvard than I do know now. Mm. And I just, everyone, like I have friends from one of my best friends. Uh, his father is a doctor in Yakima where I'm from. Hey. That's right. I'm from Yakima, so watch your tone. And um, sure. that's just my joke all the time because I speak Menlo, as we say. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, him and his friends, all from the same area, were able to go to, you know, these schools. And now it's just because we're all globalized, it's now not just like a university in America. It's a university that is for the world, mm. you know. And same thing with price. I mean, my school was ridiculously expensive. And... I think it's like kind of ridiculous because you have, if you want your kids to have the best of the best, you have to put in this time into work. And it's like, at what cost though, is what we were talking about, you know, at what cost, um, in a sense, sometimes having, you know, a single mother, like I had, and she had to work all the time. She always made a point though, to spend 
evenings when she got home with us. Yeah. And I realize now, and I have, I mean, I would do anything for my mother at a drop of a hat. I always say, you know, she sacrificed her youth. Like that transaction was hers to, I'm going to invest in my kids, the time, the essence to know that I'm there for them. And now to this day, it pays off because like I said, I'll do anything for that woman. It's, you know, I talked, I talked slick to her one time and my mom doesn't even curse that much. And she says, who the fuck are you talking to? Mm. And I said, Yes, ma'am. I'm so sorry, ma'am. What do you need me to do, ma'am? And because she just goes, don't you forget everything I've done for you. And it's her even just saying it, not because that's even, my mother doesn't even, she's not like that. I'm not trying to say like, I owe her anything, but it's not the fact that I think that I owe her anything. It's now the fact that I want to give her everything. Yeah. Because, and, and you know, that's a beautiful transaction to me. And it's my mother, like she would, she supported me since day one. You know, I can't, she's the one person that I, you know, I can't preach enough. I could do this all day. And like, I get teary. eyed just thinking about how great she is sometimes. Mm. And I know, like you're saying, and I know that even with the wealth aspect of it, and you just push it away, when you don't have a relationship and trust with your parents, it kind of sets you up for a lot of future endeavors. You know, uh, it's, you know, for me, not having my, you know, my father leaving me, it took me a long time to trust males. You know, we've talked about this before, you know, Older males to me were like the worst people on earth because every one of them would just fuck me over. You know, my my dad and my stepdad, my best friend's dad was like my father. And that's the one dude I still to this day, we were at the Huskies game two, three weeks ago. And I was like, yo, yo, I got to hold up. I got to go. I got to go say what's up to my dad. My friends go, what? Your dad? And I was like, nah. And then I told him the whole story and they were like, oh. And I was like, yeah, man, that's the man in my life. And like, I'll be there for him. When he gets old, I'll be there for him because he invested time into me. And that's the transactions when we talk about investments. That was like time, love, caring. Those shit pays dividends, man. When you have broken homes, it's because those little transactions were never made. Broken homes, it's really rare that you have a solid future within the home. Right. It takes a long time to mend those relationships. Yeah, and sometimes it never happens. Right? Yeah, and so I, I mean, I look at all those negatives you know, from not having a father, all those things, but it made my bond with my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, even my uncle, you know, who stepped in. My, he's been with my aunt since they were like 17 and they're still together this day. So, and I look at him like, dude, that's a man right there. He sacrificed everything to make sure we had everything. And mm -hmm. he didn't have to do any of that. You know, like judge someone like that we were talking about, bro. I judge that man to the highest T, you know, and I love, love all my family. You know, that's one thing I'm all about is family. So those transactions are. I think all, a lot of life is relationships. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I think that value is, is the thing that I'm thinking of more than anything when it comes to this conversation. Yeah. Right. And you talk about the, the time, right. And we actually have to value time above money um, to set boundaries, right? Like the, the boundary that you were talking about your mom kind of set, you know, I, she was a thinking person and yeah. thought about the effect on your life by setting this boundary, right? Uh, we had a thing where we, we always wanted to have dinner at the dinner table in our house, right? With the kids that we raised. And one of the reasons was, is because we wanted to share a meal um, and, and have that conversation, you know, what's going on with your day, da, 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 da. And personally, Dude, I, I look at making food and I've always looked at making food this way. When I make food for somebody, it is one of the unconditional forms of love for me, 
right? I'm giving strength to your body, right? I worked to make that money to buy that food. And I don't care what you do with the energy that that food gives you, but I'm going to give that to you for your strength, for your pleasure, take it with you. No, no, it's an unconditional thing. And it's, you know, maybe nobody looks at it this way, but I do, Yeah. right? I take food very serious. Oh, I know. I've seen you eat. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there is one last thing that I kind of want to get to before we, we are completely out of time. And this is something that was kind of on my mind. Um, I'm, I'm not a Christian anymore, but I was raised in the church and I had that whole Christianity viewpoint for a long time. And I, I, I remember different words in the Bible that meant love, right? Um, phileo, brotherly love, right? The city of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, uh, there was one that meant family. The, there was a, a got bay, which is God's love. Um, you know, there's these different types of loves. And, and there was a, a thing where uh, Jesus was talking to Peter and the, he asked him three times, do you love me? And the first time Peter's like, yes, I do. Second time, he's like, yes, I do. The third time Jesus asked him, do you love me? Uh, he wouldn't answer. And if, if, you, if you studied why it was different, it's because they used different words for love. First two times, he asked him if he flattered him. Do you have this brotherly love for me? He's like, yes, you know, I do. The, the third question was, do you got baby? Do you have that God's love for me? And that was where Peter grew silent. And I don't want to get Christian crazy, right? Like, but that story always like, hit home with me. Because it has those different words for love, right? So let's translate this into the English, right? You got friendship, right, as a type of love. You got family, right, as a type of love. Erotic, you know, the love between a couple. I would say man and woman, but I'm slightly more evolved than that, right? Like, it could be man, man, you know, woman, woman, you know, all kind of priest, altar boy. I don't know how you do it, but, you know, erotic love is the mm. point, Right. Yeah. So, and then God's love, the word for God's love. Can you imagine what it is in the English language? I don't know, man. Charity. Charity. That's now, hilarity. now here's that's hilarity. Here's here's the thing. When we hear charity as an American, I think a lot of us, oh, no, no, I don't want none of that shit. We're okay with giving it, right? But we don't want to accept charity or God's love or whatever you want to call it. And and the difference is this. And this is what I was taught back in my Christian days, right? Family, friendship, erotic love, those are subjective forms of love, hmm. right? They're coming from that subjective place. Oh, this is my family. This is my friend, right? It depends on where I am coming from and where they're coming from. But but God's love or agape was always a choice. I'm going to choose to be patient with you. I'm going to choose to be kind with you, right? Hmm. I'm going to choose to be understanding on where you're coming from. These are choices. That's why charity, right, is is God's love because we choose to unconditionally feed this person without any expectation, you know? This is transformable love. Now, how do I get to that place where I'm able to make those choices, right? For me, it's setting boundaries. It's doing things like meditation. It's investing in, in myself and building up myself and, and the way I value myself, right? And once I am strong enough, then I can make the choice to do things like this fucking podcast without any expectations to come back. Oh, yeah. You know, it would be nice. 
as we're making these transactional relationships to have some financial support at some point. We're going to come up with hungry. a plan. We'll come I'm up with because my ass is going to go broke doing this shit. But <laughs> I'm hungry. But here's here's the thing: when I when I made the decision to to do some of the things that I wanted to do, I really didn't know if I would ever be able to connect with um an audience or not, right? Like, mm-hmm. but but when I started to do this, I had an audience in mind. You know, um, and I said to myself, well, I'm going to do this and see if I could find my people, but I'm not looking for, um, expect, I don't expect certain things from the audience. Right. Absolutely. But I, I, I am hoping that there is a transformative relationship that evolves here because I think if people appreciate what we're doing and you want us to keep doing it, support the show. You know, and that could be, hey, listen to this, guys, check this out, this podcast, where our audience grows. And maybe eventually somebody will start chipping in a couple bucks on Patreon. <laughs> because I'm hungry. I just like, I think I just like the way it sounds. Well, I like to keep this shit going. No, and that me would, too. That would definitely help. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I agree with you in a hundred percent and, you know, has to do with the whole investment thing, investing in things that you think are worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've done that with friends, done that with businesses, I've done that with family. You know, I don't mind, I don't mind throwing a couple of dollars at some things that I support. Hell yeah. You know, that's just the one thing. And, and I believe in karma. I believe in good karma, bad karma. And, you know, if you do something and help someone fulfill your dreams, it just feels like it's much easier than for to look back and help you fulfill yours. And it's just a beautiful transactional relationship with no expectations, but with a lot of return. Hmm. Bars. Bars. <laughs> Dude, we are um, kind of, I think, out of time again. Uh, How does this happen to Dude, us? I feel like we just started. We did. That's insane. 50 well, minutes ago. I was like five weeks ago. <laughs> five weeks ago. And we still here, man. And we ain't going Well, this nowhere. is episode five, but it was not five weeks oh, ago. Oh, that's true, it's, true. It's been four weeks because we started on that's a Tuesday true. and here it is Tuesday. So yeah, this is actually 28 days into it. Oh, I'm supposed to be the math guy. Come on, man. We started on a full moon and it's a full moon tonight. So oh, oh, oh. I'm like amazed. Yeah. This thing has gone from one full moon cycle anyway. Let's see if we can keep it going, huh? Yeah. I'm Anthony Carlton. And I am Curious G. Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Transactional Relationships. Um, Next week, we are going to be talking about banks. Fucking banks. Oh, I get so pissed that I'm drawing blanks. (laughs) Words can't find the page to frame this rage. (laughs) Well, you should just listen to the song. I'm I'm giving away my own lyrics. You'll get it. But believe it or not... I think these two topics are going to connect in some kind of weird, it's, weird it's like and strange the, it's way. It's like the world is connected or something. Oh. Whoa, no way. No way. So next week, we're going um, to be getting into banks and the economy and value and value. What do we value? Mm. Maybe I'll do some research next week. too busy for that shit (laughs) all right i am curious g this is truth to power thank you for joining us drink some water i'm anthony carlton when it comes to transactional relationships this is kind of where my head goes suicide well not actually suicide but the word suicide 
from the Latin prefix sui, meaning his, <laughs> rather sexist, I would say. Women have just as much right to kill themselves as men. That bullshit aside, the suffix side, C-I-D-E, <laughs> obviously, it would not be my side. No side as in germicide, to kill germs. Insecticide, to kill insects. Spermicide, to kill Rose Shell before she can be born to a pack of hillbillies, marry her preacher cousin daddy, and wonder why not kill everyone down at the Dollar General on Tuesday. Side means kill. Mm, I love words. We have all these ways to discuss killing. Homicide, to kill a person. Autocide, which is basically suicide by car. Avuncleside, the act of killing an uncle. Even if he was the uncle that we like, that gave us our first beer and taught us how to jerk off to porn. Familiacide, killing multiple family members, which, to save on gas, you should plan for Thanksgiving. Populacide, a government killing its own population, often politely referred to as the Nixon administration. Amicacide, killing one's friend. Wasn't he surprised? Then, of course, there are the various murders that are so obscure I cannot believe we even have names for them. Episcopacide. Did I say that right? No, I didn't. Episcopacide. Killing a bishop. No word for killing a priest, ironically. If you were an altered boy, you'll just have to sit there and take it. Xenocide. Killing aliens. The idea of having a word for the massacre of aliens before we're even really sure that they exist says something about humanity. Deicide. Killing a god. Impressive by anyone's standards, even Frederick Nietzsche. Herbicide. Killing a city. Or, if you will, gospel music. Linguicide. Killing a language. Some people call it people of the South. Then my personal favorite, omnicide, which is when you kill everyone. Who do you want to kill, Rochelle? Everyone. Oh, wow, that takes balls. I mean, fucking balls to kill everyone. Talk about having a grim view of people. There are like 325 million people in the U.S. alone. You would think at least one motherfucker in Clan Tucky would say, Hold on there, hot minute, Rochelle, and kill that 92-pound cashier from the Dollar General that just wiped out Tennessee. Getting back to Omnicide. Killing everyone. Seems to me we don't even need a name for it. I mean, if you could pull it off, as impressive as it would be as an act of follow-through, when it comes to Omnicide... Why name it? Who in the fuck would you tell? Everybody'd be dead. Anyways, I listed less than half of the sides known to the human race, but could only think of four words for love. Family. Friendship. Erotica. Well, I would say 
the love between a man and a wife, but I am slightly more evolved than that, people. So this category should include uh, scissor sisters and pillow biters. Oh, and lastly, the last word known to the American language that we have for love is charity, which the more religious people know that comes from the Greek word agape, which basically means God's love. (laughs) Not the sticky kind, mind you. That would actually follow under erotic, (laughs) unfortunately. Now, what is interesting is that we have a word for killing people in each one of these relationships, including the slaying of a god. Now, you remember Sam Kennison? The former Pentecostal preacher turned comedian? Well, he's dead now, but if you remember him at all, Sammy asked himself, what job can I do where I face this way and scream? Okay, besides preacher, Dunn did that shit. Oh, I know, I'll become a comedian. So for many years, Sam Kennison found success facing this way and screaming at drunk people. (laughs) And then he became a comedian and screamed at drunk people until killed. Ironically, by a drunk driver. Or perhaps just some disgruntled fan of comedy that just didn't get his jokes. So, just for laughs, I propose we name the killing of a comedian a Sam Kennicide. <laughs> I think it would have made him laugh. You know, if he wasn't so fucking dead. actually explain me if you're going to explain me and my style and what I'm doing to somebody that that you know Hmm. like do you want me to do it as a perspective as in like I'm talking to somebody I know but I know you as a person I don't know how you're going to tell it to me dude just tell me I don't know (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I would say like I know hmm. well I told you before I always thought you had a little bit of a I don't know if you draw inspiration from it, but I always caught like uh, atmosphere, slug and ant or whatever, their vibes or whatever. Cause it's like introspective, uh, poetic flows with a lot of poetry um, references. It's not a lot of, um, you know, stereotypical rap topics. It's, it's, it's introspective thinking shit that you would like uh, require second listens, you know, like a lot of it's deep subject matter. Although there, you, <clears throat> I've I've caught some Eminem here and there too with some of the uh, the the goofies and the the woman moaning. We yeah, put in dude. some songs here. I, and there. I, I, some I like to be entertaining. You know? Yes, yes, yes. But um, with some of the topics you, that you've tackled that um on the records we've worked together, um, definitely some introspection, a lot of poetic. Um, I get a lot of. Uh, if I was explaining it to someone, I would be like, spoken word with rhythm. I guess. You know, with fucking fat ass boom bat beats. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, if, up, if atmosphere is the compared to, I think that's I'll take that all day. <laughs> well, I know you you fuck with them tough or whatever. Um, and I never really. Uh, I know I know voodoo. Um, you still want to send that to KRS or whatever, but it's it's obvious you have a chameleon like ability um, to channel different like genres within like 
standard hip hop fare, if that makes sense. I've noticed it because, you know, take it like Drax flow is not the same as Voodoo's flow. And oh, no. they're definitely not the sound uh, same as um, uh, built like built like this, uh, built for this. Sorry. Um, not even close. You know, what Dude, I mean? Voodoo so. was the first thing I recorded at Undercast. I remember that's actually Voodoo is one of the uh, that's one of the earlier beats that we did, but that was one that we kept that I actually didn't make the music for our project. If you remember that, Sean, that's an, that's an original, uh, shit. I just chopped up my own, uh, studio. It's an Isley brothers record or whatever, um, yeah. that I flipped. And, uh, I remember sending that to you and you're like, dude, I need that. That's fucking perfect for this fucking voodoo song. I was like, really? And then you called me up and spit it. And I was like, okay, that works. That works. Yeah. Dude, I think that, I just rearranged some that things. Was that was the song it. I practiced so hard when my cousin was in Florida for Christmas, right? Yeah. And it was just before Lynn told me everything about us being over. And I, mm -hmm. I practiced so fucking hard. I put so much emotion into it that I fucked up my voice a little bit. And oh, lit shit. literally the, the first time I actually was able to actually do anything out loud was the day I recorded that song. And that was the first song I did. And after that session, I actually needed to rest a little bit, <laughs> you know? So yeah, that song there, it was, it was big. You, to spi me. you spilled your soul on the microphone as they say, huh? Oh dude. Yeah. 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 That, that song there, it was big, 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 big. Yeah. I had that some is. shit to say. I wrote that motherfucker in about half an hour, if not less. And it was because I had some <laughs> shit to say to KRS. Well, that is our episode five transactional relationships now this week coming up we got a special topic banks fucking banks i think i said it all in in the song but uh that's for you to decide come back and talk about it next week truth to power i'm curious g have a good one Get so pissed that I'm drawing blanks Words can't find the page to frame my rage So I fling this fury into a phrase Fuck banks and that bailout shit Tell all those motherfuckers they suck my dick Balls deep, keep those eyes on me Help banks snatch up that skeet Catch my load and check my feed Shit, no, sucking dicks ain't free But that, that's my hip-hop fantasy But that, that's the shit they do I see toss our coins into one pool Pull resources tight, alright, cool Shit, most of us, we went to school No profit margins in this mix Pull people's bank, we don't keep shit Just one rule, you only get what you put in Down to the cent Wait, that won't work neither At least one pen will step up like Caesar Grab all our cash with no thick beaters Hell, might be me dodging them heaters Back again like a Walmart greeter Except my eyes ain't glad to see ya Fuck banks, them bailout bleeders Who bailed out Americans at home with a fever Business, you criminal fucks. Who you serve? You or us? Who you serve and which god you trust? Let's check that gold back cash now, dust. Fuck banks, all y'all suck. If walks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Fuck banks, bitch, that's what's up. Till floods wash us down, they drain Hold on, kitten, we'll wait out this rain
last one standing, cashing in, they're too big to fail, so what they win, I bet they take our homes again, on the COVID ropes as they check our chin, homes can flood, floods flow in, get your boat close, load your shit, paddle hard, brace for wind, sail on a wave that you find your friends. That's what 